0: Our Lord Emmanuel, God is with us, man, what a a reason to, you know, be excited, amen, well bless you this morning for venturing out in the cold, it would be easy to just turn the fireplace on and, you know, get some hot chocolate and, you know, and watch the preacher on tv uh you're gonna get to watch me just with no hot chocolate so all right amen god is so good and god is so wonderful thank you that's what brother dave uh i love to hear him sing and what a song you know that little town of bethlehem and, and that's why uh, you know this season that we're celebrating and uh, while it isn't just a seasonal celebration you know, we pay special attention to it at this, this particular time. So just before we get into the, this morning's message, I just want to welcome everybody, and we're glad you're here, and if this is your first time, we, you know, just uh, we, we, uh, cherish your presence and your worshiping with us, and God bless, man, we see all these young people that all over the house, I mean, that's just great. I got to let the kids go, don't I? Maybe there's, maybe they, they left the kids all home. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> didn't bring them out. We've got to let the kids go this morning. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, teacher. Could I share, please? You can. Yes. First of all, I'd like to thank
1: everybody in the congregation. Here, Glenda. I'd like to thank everybody in the congregation for their prayers and support on my cancer. Um, I'd went in last Monday and got my reports from the doctor, and he'd come in with all smiles on his face because my cancer numbers had dropped three months ago. They were 91. And last Monday, when he told me the report, it was down to 13. Whoa. And he's... And he... He said he had no explanation for how it could drop so fast in three months. And... When he had told me, you know, before when I had this bone cancer, he told me, he said, um, my goal as a doctor is to get you to zero. And he says, with bone cancer, he says, that's not possible. And my comment to him that day was, we'll see. And even Monday when I went in and he told me that it dropped to 13, which was a substantial amount, it's like, I know in my heart I have a greater physician than Amen. what my doctor yes. is. I mean, I'm using a doctor to get the help I need, but I do. I have a greater physician, and I thank each and every one of you for your prayers because I know that without that, this would not be happening to me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Grab that.
0: <clears throat> I'm believing that this is just in the you know uh, in terminology, just the tip of the iceberg. I, uh, God's always up to something great, always up to something, you know, and uh, because He's no respecter of persons. He is not just, you know, choosing the one over the other, you know, but as we exercise our faith and our belief in Him and His promises, I think we see God come on the scene uh, for us because God is a miracle-working God. Amen. Amen. Uh, beginning in January, I will, you know, uh, share with you for three Sundays, you know, the emphasis I believe that God has put on, on my heart and in the church for, for 2017. So that's just a, you know, an opener and you have to come to hear about that. Um, but this morning he said, it's time to break the alabaster box. You remember the story, the alabaster box and Jesus was in the house and he was there, Simon the lepers. And you know, the conversation was going on, fellowship was going on, good things were going on, and, and here comes Mary. Mary has this, this perfume whose, whose value was one year's wages. One year's wages, and she comes and she <clears throat> breaks open that Walks and begins to pour it on his on his feet, and you know, and and you know, you know the story there, but uh, we need to start treating Jesus like he's an honored guest. We need to start taking those, and valuing him. Remember Judas, how much did Judas value Jesus? Thirty pieces of silver. That's what your value is. But Mary took her life savings, her whole treasure, and she said, this is how valuable Jesus is. She began to pour it out, her gift. And so whatever that is, I'm not talking about, we're not taking an offering. I'm talking about finances, okay? But I'm talking about that you have a gift. You have an alabaster box. You have something in your life that God has put there, God has given to you, whether it's gift or ministry, you got to open it up. you got to start breaking it out because the house needs it. It honors Jesus. Because when she broke that alabaster box, that perfume filled the house. And so everybody in the house become a beneficiary of that fragrance that was going on and taken there. And so you don't want to minimize you know, and think insignificant of what's in your box. If you'll just break it, if you'll break it in honor of the Lord, if you'll put value on him, you know, you're going to see some, you know, evidence of it, and you're going to enjoy the fragrance yourself. It's not just the house, but you're going to enjoy the fragrance also. You know, and coming up now in this marriage, uh, uh, couples check up, this is uh Jillian and Brian are going to break open the box of a couple checkups for us, you know. And, and uh, today's the last day. You get to sign up. Now, uh, we still got a pen and paper. That we can still get signatures, all right. And, you know, it's, your relationship doesn't have to be in bad shape to have a couple checkup, But, it, you know, we're just checking it up. <laughs> you, know, you need to check it up because you might be thinking one thing and she might be thinking another. And all of a sudden, we're going to disclose, you know what I mean? The difference in the thinking. And we're going to put together and it's going to harmonize and we're going to be better, you know, in relationship. Because God's a God of relationship. And because the husband and wife is a, is a reflection of Jesus Christ in the church, we need to know how that's going. Amen? Amen. Did you know that, that relationship, <clears throat> how your relationship is going with humanity is how it's going with Jesus? Jesus, or John said this. He said, how can you love God whom you've not seen and not love your brother whom you have seen? Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, you, maybe in your own rational and own reason, you can get around it, but that's what the word says. So he he seems to parallel that, you know what I mean? That level. If your true relationship with the Lord, you know what I mean? Can be itemized by your true relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, uh, God is good and he's moving. Father, thank you for this morning, for this season, for this time. And we bless you and we give you praise. And we ask ask you to help us. Lord, this morning with the delivery of your word in the celebration of your birth. As we talk about the birth of Christ and the things that happened, it's, it's my heart that we would find application for it and understanding how God might be working miracles for each of us. Because the birth of Christ and the events that surround it are filled with miracles and divine setups. And yet from a close picture, many people did not see it or or recognize it. And so as we share this morning, you know, uh, I hope that it will transfer to a fact that somehow you'll see that how God works and is working and discover that with relationship to your own life. Or what is a miracle? It's an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human human affairs. And that's what Christmas is. That's what the birth of Christ is. And uh, uh, so we need to ask ourselves, where is the line to see Jesus? And which line are you in? Seven year old boy was in the shopping center and he noticed all these children lined up to see Jesus. And in his own personal innocence, having been taught that Christmas was about the Christ child and celebrating the birth of Christ, he turned to his mother and he says, I see the line to Santa, but where's the line to Jesus? When I mean, you go into the shopping centers or wherever you're at, it's happy holidays. We need a line to Jesus. We need to be people who line up. I have no problem with taking your kids to Santa, all right? But we need a line to Jesus. Amen? But how might God be working miracles in you? And I want to bring you some fresh insights on ancient truths this morning by the help of the Lord. And factoring in that this season must not be relegated to simply a holy rerun of a story that has, you've heard over and over. But a fresh, you know, capturing our attention because of the the livingness of it, a fresh excitement, a first time. Because that's what he said to the church in Ephesus. He says, I want you to get back to your first time excitement. You've got a whole lot going for you, but there's one thing that needs to be revisited. He said, that's that's your first love. You know, and what is it about first love? It has a level of excitement that that, that is there. You know what I mean? You know, uh, just where you're uh, just totally consumed by it. And so this morning, there's a book that was written that carries these thoughts, but I did not take my thoughts from that book, just the headings The Miracle of the Moment, The Miracle of the Message the miracle of the method, and the miracle of the manger. And so this morning, I want to look at the miracle of the moment first of all. What we discover is that God is in charge and in control of history. If you put up the passage of Scripture from Galatians chapter 4, Matt, when the force of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of, her, of the law. So you notice that fullness of time means when it was complete and fully developed. In other words, all pieces in place, the stage perfectly set. God said, now's the time. Now's the time. Obviously, you know what I mean? In the waiting period, many had kind of given up hope, weren't anticipating. Same thing is going to happen in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Is because, you know, they say all things continue as they are. They're not noticing the changes and the transitions that are taking place. And so all of a sudden the expectation, he says, is not going to be very high even as it was with the birth of Jesus Christ. Because we live in a world of instantaneous. Everything is instant. And there's a pleasure that happens with this instant. You can order something, you know, and next day it's there. You don't have to wait. Patience is no longer, you know, a necessary thing. But you know there's a power of patience. There's a power of patience. James says that let patience have its perfect work. Let it finish itself. That's what God is doing when he set this thing up for Jesus Christ coming. When the fullness of time had had come. Yes, It wasn't just a matter of coincidence or chance, but divine plan. The right time, Jesus was was born. See, the world wasn't always instant. No. You used to order something. It could take two weeks, three weeks for it to get there. In fact, there's instant coffee didn't come into being until the 1960s. Fast food appeared in the 1970s. And now everything is so fast that you hit the key, and it seems that the order has already left the warehouse. But relationships don't happen that way. No. Relationships... Take love, compassion, and and time. Amen? Absolutely. And so the miracle of the moment, the setup, the divine setup of God, we often only see when the event happens and not the setup that is taking place in order for it to happen. Always there is a setup that's taken place. The right time for Jesus to come. There was religious bankruptcy and spiritual hunger everywhere. How many think it kind of parallels today? There is religious bankruptcy. And there is a spiritual awakening that has taken place. It was an era of moral decline and superstition and immorality and corruption and unbelief. Oh, how like our day. Romans chapter 1, it says it was a time that they knew the truth, but they suppressed it. It's a world of broken promises, broken dreams, broken homes, and broken hearts. Old systems were dying. The philosophies that were held began to seem empty and powerless to change men's lives. There's got to be a vacuum in order for God to fill it. They that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. A divine setup. God preparing the world for the arrival of his son, or God preparing you and I in our world for the miracle that he set and planned for you. What are you expecting God to do? The miracle of the moment. Jesus himself raised this question. What if I hadn't come? What if I hadn't come? Well, what if he hadn't come? The promises of God would be unfulfilled. The realities and the beauty of his grace would no longer or would not be with us. The world would still be in darkness. There would be no bridge to Span between our sinfulness and his righteousness. You wouldn't know God's love as you know it today. There would be no gospel being preached. There'd be no hope beyond the grave. And did you know, had Jesus not come, there would not be any hospitals or nursing homes. It was Christianity that birthed the care that produces the hospitals and the nursing homes because god is a god that cares you know and is interested a divine moment god provides the right moment he really does God's plan for our lives unfolds in a progressive and supernatural seasons. To everything, there is a season. It was Jesus who said, guys, you can recognize the natural seasons, but you're not able to recognize the spiritual seasons. So he wants us to up, you know, our, 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 our seasonal perceptions, to know that what season might be transpired and what might be on the horizon. See, Christmas is more than God's supernatural timing. It's a showcase of the signs, the wonders, and the miracle that he can weave into the fabric of our every day if we'll just believe him. Had any miracles lately? I mean, there should be some yeses. Amen, hallelujah. You know what I mean? But, and I'm sure there are. But God's, trying to show us what what he can do. Get out. And the miracle of of the moment, just the right time, was just what you need at that moment. There is, as I already mentioned, the power of patience. And the miracle of timing. The power of patience and the miracle of timing. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up of wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The power of patience and the miracle of timing what 's what we see here at Christmas time is the miracle of timing he promised to come just at the right time now fast food Romans chapter five verse six says this: when we were still without strength and in due time Christ died. For the ungodly. When did he come? Just the right time. Just the right time. Now is the right time. Now is the right time to make the commitment to Christ. Now is the right time to accept the blessings and accept the divine righteousness that God offers to us. Now is the time to make room in your heart and your life for Jesus Christ, the Savior. It says in Mark 1.15, Jesus talking about the time. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Timing in our lives. Responding to the opportunity of that timing. Time to make a commitment to Christ. Time to settle the eternal destiny. Time to make a commitment to your marriage and family. A miracle of the moment. Time to commit to renewed fellowship and close relationship with the Lord. it'll be at the right time it'll be at the right time because to me he's slow and no doubt then to i'm to me to him you're too fast but there's got to be a setup there's got to be a setup is it possible that he is trying to build our faith, help us so that we believe? Because they come from believing, miracles. If you believe, if you have faith, how huh? only believe all things are possible if you only Believe. And so I have found that in those setups, it was divinely, you know, working and establishing the strength of my faith. So I could not only receive for the moment, but believe for the future. The miracle of the message is God speaking through His son for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life a transformation he says is going to happen from the inside out imagine being spoken to by God's son through history, it says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, God who at some re- at other times spoke to us through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. This is God telling the complete story, unveiling everything that was veiled in the previous 4,000 years. Number one, he says that creation speaks about God, declares, declares His glory. The great story we, 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 we read and learn in Sunday school how God spoke to Moses through the burning bush. God spoke to the children of Israel on the mountain through smoke and fire. And you know, I mean, talk about, you know, Fourth of July. God speaking. And he spoke to Elijah in the still small voice. He spoke to Isaiah in the vision. He spoke to Hosea through his family. He spoke to Jeremiah through the potter's clay. And he spoke to Joseph in a dream. God had been speaking all along, and now all of a sudden. The miracle of the message is that he's speaking to us by his son, Jesus Christ. The heavenly father, when Jesus was ministering on earth, opened up the heavens and a voice came from the earth, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. Hear you him. The church says to hear what the message of Jesus Christ is. Because he represents the totality of the Father. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God is speaking through Christ. This Jesus, the message, is a Christ that uncrowned himself to crown us. He put off his robes to put on our rags. He came down from heaven to keep us from hell. He came from heaven to earth that he might send us from earth to heaven. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus is God's message. <clears throat> the greatest messenger. A miracle that was born amid danger, fear, and um, And uncertainty and that's how your miracle will be born also is in the midst of fear danger and uncertainty but it will be born hallelujah because God has a message a message that transcends More than just the moment of his birth. But the fact of our lives. I know that some of you in your kindness and sharing with us are facing impossible situations in your life. The message of Christmas is for you. It's for me. It's not just history. It is God speaking. A sign for all generations. This shall be a sign unto you. God has started something great. God has began the fulfillment of every prophecy. God has launched... His complete plan. There's hope and help in Jesus. And how about the miracle of the method? The virgin shall conceive, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Surprising and unusual. And that's like God. God's method transcends us. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around how God does things. That's why the prophet Jeremiah picked up and said that God's ways were just, they so exceeded ours that we can't get a handle on them. We just can't figure them out. We know not how, what, where, but we know that he will. The miracle of the method. Every miracle is going to be for God's glory and the supplying of your need. But the glory of God takes preeminence at it all. It's for the glory of God. So that you not only see the miracle, but you see the God who did the miracle. Amen? That's right, church. And we should rejoice and we should be captivated by the miracle. But the idea of every miracle is to see the hand that's behind the miracle. The purpose of Jesus Christ coming in the flesh is to see the God behind the coming in the flesh. For Timothy wrote, God was manifested in the flesh. We shouldn't be, but we are surprised by God's methods. He uses unusual methods. They're always for our good and for our glory. For Romans 8, 29 says, He works all things together for good. To them that love God and are called according to His purpose. That doesn't mean that I don't have anxiety, but when I have anxiety, I go to prayer. When I don't have enough faith to believe, I need to go to the word and, and i generate faith to believe and to, to trust. God's at work, even when we've only don't comprehend it. He's at work. How he works is sometimes, you know, doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the outcome. It doesn't fit the answer. He told Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Then he tells him to leave. I think staying and getting started would be a better way to do it. But no, he tells him, I want you to leave and I want you to travel to another place. He does things different. He chose Joseph, the youngest one in the family, to become the savior of his family and a nation. He chose Israel, the the least and most insignificant nation, to be his special people. He chose David, a shepherd. He chose him to be a king. Follow the procession and the progress of it. Even that which is written in scripture. And then, you know, you can add your own pieces because you're familiar with life in general. How do you get a shepherd boy to be a king? You know what? It takes more than the day of anointing. It takes a whole lot of developing. Amen? Hallelujah. How do you get a a man that Abraham to be the father of many nations? Well, you have to challenge him. You put him in some some difficult circumstances and situations and like it's not going to happen. And when you remove every natural means by which it could happen. You make him too old and you make her too old. The loss is there. The impossibility is there. Now it's time for the miracle. But watch his journey. From small faith to great faith enjoyable absolutely not but a miracle nevertheless because God's method let me tell you my wife and I's love story just a little bit of it not a lot of it You know, I had an eye for her. And of course, you know, there's 12 years difference in us. And, and so, <clears throat> practicality, this is out of bounds, okay? In, in the general, you know, thinking of people. I mean, I'm quite a bit older than she is, you know. She is just a kid. And of course, her, her, her father, bless his heart, you know, he, it's the way he saw it too. And I don't, I don't blame him, you know? Yeah. No. That old guy. You know what I mean? What's wrong with him? You know? So <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, I, I really liked her, but, but all of those things, you know, were hindering me. And because I was okay with, you know, just being single at that point And too, but anyway, so there was a, a youth conference that was going to go on in a different city. And, uh, some of the young people, young ladies from our church were going and, and, uh, uh, and they asked Janice to go. And uh, so she was gonna go, and she did go. But here's what went through with my mind. She's gonna go and she's gonna meet somebody. Now, that's not a difficult method, but it was a method that worked. I said, I better get my foot in the door. I better get my foot in the door, so I I made the move, you know? Not to marry her, but, you know, just to start dating and go out. Method. Method. don't know what a method it takes for God to get you from here to there to the plan and the plan that we get married and now I you know what I mean And, and we pastor and I have you know a son and a daughter that you know just to me they're outstanding and I think to you too you know just beautiful believers and Christians you know What the future holds down the road, I don't know, but God's method, the miracle of God's method. God gets us where he wants us to go. And then, let me talk to you about the miracle of the manger the miracle of the manger, God's delivery system. God's delivery system. There's so much that's wrapped up in this, uh, the manger that, you know, uh, that may enamor us, but there's so much truth that's captured there. And I have a lot of notes, and so if you just allow me, God's delivery system uniquely fits the strategy he has for his purposes. God's delivery system uniquely fits the strategy for his purposes. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Going to the shepherds. As the angels descend from the heavenlies and begin to sing to them and announce what is going to take place. You see, God put away in the manger. God put away in the manger. Why did God choose those shepherds? What is it about the manger? Well, let me tell you. Hidden in the scriptures is a revelation of it. Number one, who were the shepherds? They were not just any shepherds. They were certified shepherds. Certified shepherds in this respect, that, that, you know, in order to have lambs offered as sacrifices, they had to be without blemish. Every one of them had to be without blemish. They not only, they had their own uh, use and own birthing system that watched over those lambs in order to prevent them from becoming defective by virtue of their own activities, by virtue of their own just daily lives. So, these shepherds were not just any shepherds. They were certified shepherds to validate that the lamb was without imperfections. Now, when the lamb would be born, when the little baby lamb would be born, those caretakers would take the the little lamb and literally wrap it in swaddling clothes or rags. Why? To protect it from hurting itself as it's, you know, finding its legs, as it's finding its, you know, have you ever seen one? Boy, they just get excited. But the idea is in order for a lamb to be a sacrificial lamb, it can't have one blemish. It can't have a scar on it. It can't have a bruise on it. The miracle of the manger, the method, the moment you know, and the divine setups. And so these shepherds, they were part of that operation. How do they know which manger to go to? Think about it. They did not have a star and the angels did not tell them. They knew which manger to go to because there was only one manger or cave or stable in which the uh, sacrificial lambs could be born. Only one place. And it is Micah chapter 4 in verse 8 that reveals this to us. The tower of the flock. And so when the angels went ahead and said, You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They were familiar, they knew that there's only one manger where that took place. And so therefore, they could leave the hillside, you know what I mean? And go directly to the right manger and certify that he was a lamb without spot and without blemish. Hallelujah. The miracle of the moment, miracle of the method, the miracle of the message, and the miracle of the manger. God's delivery system. I don't know how, but God has a, ask my musicians to come, delivery system for you. Absolutely. A delivery system for your miracle. It explains to us the place of the location of the Passover lamb and how the shepherds knew where to find it. It explains why you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and why the shepherds knew where it was. God put away in a manger. Sin that has always separated. Now there's been made a way. Not only a way for our life in relationship with Jesus Christ, but did you know that it also affords to our relationship with mankind? Absolutely. You and I have relationship with one another and improved relationships because of God has taken, broken down that wall that is normally against us. Notice how it, when the wise men came, now they've come at least two years down the road. Well, what did they come for? Up to this point, the supply, the means by which Jesus was to be cared for could be taken care of in his home city. Joseph was still a carpenter. Joseph still had roots. Now all of a sudden there was a move that was going to take place. Move into a foreign land, a strange place. You know, in a place basically by and large, you know what I mean, that you probably want to be more obscure. And so God says, I got to make sure that they're supplied and supply for them. And so here comes the kings. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Fitting for a king, but also enough to live in. Egypt in exile until he calls his son out of Egypt, which he did in the census. Called him out of out of Egypt. I don't want you to miss your miracle. See, the Hebrews and the Jewish scholars and experts, they all missed the manger. They all missed the manger. It took a heavenly choir to announce it to some shepherds. Jesus said this as he looked over Jerusalem he said, if you would have just not missed your visitation. The timing, the miracle of the timing. Do I think you missed your miracle? No. I think God is trying to alert us. He's trying to quicken us so that we can begin to see the divine setups. Begin to expect, you know, the method's different than what we maybe have associated it with. The problem was that they stumbled over the fact that Jesus, being a man, could be God. Oh, we don't want to stumble over, you know what I mean? The delivery system, the delivery package, a virgin shall conceive. You will always be involved in your miracle. You will always be involved in your miracle. The Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. The Holy Spirit is always involved. There's something about him in in the miracle. But you and I are involved in our miracle. Even if it simply means believing. Closing with this. You will always find... That Jesus will meet you at the manger. Always at the manger. That place, that heart that's cold and dark and dirty. That's why he was born. Because he meets us. In the manger, as you stand with me this morning, we must not be passive spectators. We must not just be on the sidelines of history. And I've noticed that my preaching has changed a little bit. But but I'm I'm I tell you, church, God's getting us ready. God's getting us ready for for something in our lives and you know and I know that's a pretty broad word something but the something's different for every one of us the individual care of God but then also the corporate move of God decisions that we make Determine our eternal destiny and our earthly directions. Our eternal destiny and our eternal and, and our earthly directions. When you receive Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you believe in Him and and you ask and recognize that your sinner and that and then you repent of your sins. You know what I mean? Your eternal destiny, you know what I mean, has changed and God secures it. But then we make decisions that. You know determine earthly direction earthly direction as Mary stood there and the Holy Spirit you know or the angel Gabriel began to talk to her and said listen this is what I want to do and this is how I want to use you after a few conversations you know what I mean and trying to get a little more information I don't know how much of it she understood <laughs> But she made a decision that the direction of her life all of a sudden got set on the course that God had planned for it in the first place. Every one of us will make decisions that will either set us on the course that God has planned for us or it will keep us off the course that God has planned for us. but I love that God's working in us both the will and to do we have his good pleasure and that he's begun something in us and you know what I mean and he said I'm going to finish it maybe a turn in life has happened and hasn't went so smooth don't judge God in life by that just go ahead and say you know what Lord I want to make a decision. I want a fresh, earthly direction in in my life. The disciples were in the activity of the routine of life, and they were fishing. And Jesus steps up to them and says, if you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Now, he's not... Maybe your call is not to that degree but I tell you what your call is just as important It is God has done miracles through the in the Christmas season that reflects his mighty hand his mighty promise you know what I mean and his mighty power can happen in every one of our lives he said to his disciples I'm not going to leave you comfortless but I'm gonna come to you now notice I'm coming to you a little different than I did when I was born you're not gonna see the physical stature you're not gonna be able to touch the flesh and blood but I'm coming to you and begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, folks, is God, not in the flesh, but God in the Spirit. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. The miracle of the moment, the miracle of the method, the miracle of the message, and the miracle of the manger god's timing god's voice speaking to us you know god's delivery system as we sing we gotta close i feel the holy ghost hallelujah can you say this morning everything's gonna be all right come on gene that's right everything's gonna be all right hallelujah i feel the holy ghost He said, everything's going to be all right. Absolutely. Egypt, you know, might be in the agenda of God. It's a strange place. It's a place I don't know. I've never been there before. It doesn't work. Nothing works there. God's got some wise men. Hallelujah, that's going to travel in your direction. And all of a sudden, when it seems that there isn't the supply, it's going to be there. Because God, hallelujah, had been working, you know, two years before with a star in the sky to get them to cross the continents of life just for you and just for for me. He might not use somebody that's close to you. He might draw somebody from other continents, hallelujah, that the Holy Spirit will speak to in the midnight hours. Then again, he might use your own ability by which he supplies doesn't make any difference. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. I want you to know something, church, this morning. That that manger is not an ordinary manger. That's a certified manger. It's a certified manger. Hallelujah. And those shepherds were not just ordinary shepherds. Those were certified shepherds. They were ordained of God. And So this is a lamb is worthy Jesus said I give you the right to use my name it's easier said than done but you just keep doing it I give you the right to use my name that whatsoever you ask the father in my name hallelujah when you talk to him he says you say father look what it is that I need I don't deserve it I've done nothing you know by which it should come my way but I'm asking it I'm asking it in the name of Jesus and everything every, every, about who he is what he is and what he has done I'm asking it for it. Hallelujah. And you're going to begin to notice that most of the things that you ask for in his name are going to have to do with everyday, natural, practical life. Sister Glenda's touch in her body. You know what I mean? Though it's supernatural, though it's spiritual, it is something that is natural, it's practical. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, we thank you today. We bless you. God, would you put Christmas in our heart? Not just something, Father, that is a rerun. Father, there's something that captures us fresh and new again in my heart, in this church, in this world. Father, we thank you. And Father, I'm asking this morning for every need that's in this house. Some of them are small, some of them are, are, are you know, just so so, but some of them are so great. Some of them are supplies, some of them are directions, some of them are, are God, they need answers. And so I'm praying for the delivery system this morning. Father, the recognition of your method the assurance of your message, and the accuracy of your moment. In Jesus' name. And all the people said "Amen." amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless. God bless your week. Amen. In Jesus' name.